what we saw with Rudy was what wasn't happening. He wasn't walking up on the officials um, in contest of a call uh, nearly as much. Uh, you know, he wasn't constantly asking for the lob or, or giving, you know, advice coming back to the huddle of his teammates. Uh, there was real collaboration. And There's Dennis Lindsay, season-ending Zoom call. Dennis Lindsay, Justin Zanuck, meeting with the media, answering questions, lasted about 40 minutes. And PK, that one jumped out at you, partly because, well, he's Rudy Gobert, but obviously partly because uh, Rudy and Donovan and how does Rudy get along. And Rudy said that he can be hard to be around and hard to get along with and uh, relationships have been imperfect. And so for Dennis to comment on his behavior and how he's fitting in the group, your ears perked up. Well, yeah, he's basically telling us what the issue was or issues in that regard when you say, well, he wasn't walking up on the referees. He wasn't giving advice. See, I told you, DJ, nobody wants advice. Nobody wants to be told anything, <laughs> quite frankly. I just quoted you to someone yesterday about that. Like PK says, nobody wants advice, and a person was the person wanted to give advice really badly, and I'm like... <laughs> Really, you know, like, you know, I'm right. And I'm like, you know that being right is mattering less and less. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, that's not necessarily a big part of the equation. It won't Ask matter him. if you're right. You want them to do it right. But if they're not willing to listen to you and they're not going to do it right anyway, well, what good's that going to be? Yeah, and I, at, <laughs> at least Mitchell, but what it, on what it appears that he was getting tired of Rudy asking for the lob all the time. Yeah. Right. And I think it goes beyond that. I don't, it's, uh, you know, he's Donovan Mitchell. So everything is going to revolve. I mean, he's just getting to a level of stardom where so many things are going to revolve around him. It's just the way celebrity works. It goes beyond sports. It goes to celebrity. But I think it's other stuff. I think that, you know, at the, I know people tune into games in the, you know, partway through and, you know, you join whenever and the drama is usually at the end of the game. But if you watch the Jazz games from the start, for a big chunk of this season, two of the first five, maybe even two of the first three possessions, they were running post-up stuff for Rudy. And Locke probably has the numbers. I didn't track them, but the eyeball test says he rarely scored on those possessions. And they're playing the analytics game, looking for every edge over time when they're giving away two possessions at the start of games. Well, PK, you watched all the playoff games. Did you see posts up for Rudy at the start of the game? Because I didn't notice them. I think they went away from that. I think that was part of having that four-month break slash off-season, as many people are describing it now. That's one of the things that changed. And I think that's, you know, for the better. I think that's rubbing players the wrong way. When they're told, you know, how you space, how many threes you shoot, if you shoot that floater, you know, here's the odds, here are the percentages, and you're splitting hairs on all this stuff because in the long run there actually is an advantage to that. But then over here at the start of the game, you're just giving away two possessions because a guy wants to be a bigger part of it. And if you look at the stats, even playing the way that I think the, the, the front office and the coaching staff want him to play, his number 17 points and 11 rebounds in the playoffs, that's actually up from his regular season numbers. So you want what you want, but maybe you don't always want what is best. You just want it because for some reason you think you do. And I think Rudy got away from some of that stuff, and he played great in this. I thought he played great in Game 7 with the highest stakes. And they didn't win it. And go back and look. I think it was like 19 points, 18 boards. And there were a lot of possessions. He was in the, the dunk spot. 
which I heard he wasn't big about. You know, the dunk spot is when you're behind the backboard, you're on the baseline, and basically it's dragging the shot blocker as far out of the way as possible, right, and making it easier for other guys to drive. But it also kind of isolates you, and you're kind of watching the game, unless you go get an offensive rebound or occasionally go get an alley-oop for a dunk. Well, he did that to the point he came up just short of a 20-20 game. That's a, that's a massive game. So he wants the stats and the accolades, and he can get it playing like this, but he's just he's got to roll with that and not be calling for the dunk all the time, not talking to the refs, not telling, telling everybody else, hey, I'm open, give me the ball. They'll, you're, you're seven feet two, and you're at the rim. They're going to find you if you're open. Yeah, I can't just summarily dismiss everything, though, because it's somewhat of a fine line. I to totally where agree. You you're want right. him involved, and you want him engaged, yep. and you're dealing with ego and attitude. and He's a human being, just like the rest of us are. Yep. And he wants to contribute and feel he's valued. Now, he's getting an outrageous amount of money, so maybe you could argue when I'm people driving in their car, they can shut up. He's <laughs> getting over $100 million. What more the freaking do you want? Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. And he's right some of the time. He has been missed for lobs. He has been open. I personally would give him the ball um, from the like his number down way less because that's where most of the turnovers, the fumbling, when he gets stripped, that's where that happens. When you put the ball above his shoulders, that's a bucket. And he does get missed sometimes. He wasn't wrong every time. But what I just said earlier, like being right, people still don't necessarily want to hear it for their own reasons. I think the best thing is if he commutes through the, communicates through the assistant coach. That's a better way for that to be heard. And he is he does get missed sometimes and that needs to be fixed. But Donovan admitted when Donovan says I want to be a better passer, what do you think he's talking about? That's one of the things he's talking about. You know, get the assist totals up. I, I do think as Donovan continues to improve, they're going to evolve away from, hey, we got three guys who can run the pick and roll and we'll go, we'll pick on the worst mat or we'll get our best matchup and pick on their worst defender. And I think it's going to go more towards Donovan is so good with the ball in his hands. Why would we do the other team a favor and take the ball out of his hands? And it'll be more of a, a hardened thing where he'll be carrying a bigger, bigger load. And so he does have to become a better passer because defenses, they're already pointed at him, but that's only going to increase. That's going to get more intense. And the guys who are the other ball handlers, um, you know, they're, they're in their 30s now. They're not gonna, Joe's not going to play forever. He's made that clear when he comes on the show. Mike Conley isn't going to play forever. And those are the guys that you want running a pick and roll if you don't have Donovan. So I think as they rebuild the team, uh, they also said the one thing that's clear they want to add is they want to find a really tall, long, athletic defender. There's a lot of six, seven guys who are really good who need to be matched up with, and you can never have a long, enough tall, long, athletic defenders. Joe Ingles has taken guys like that. We all remember the playoff series where he was defending Paul George. Well, Joe's getting older. That's going to be harder to do. And at some point, Joe's going to retire, and you need to get somebody else in the system. It'll be interesting to see if they find somebody who's early to mid-20s or if they find somebody who's 30 and has playoff experience. Who will be available? Everybody's looking for those guys. It's not like they're the only one out looking for that guy. But Dennis made it pretty clear they want to add that to the roster. Yeah, it makes sense. They gave as up far as yeah, they gave up a lot Mitchell, of defense when they added the offense this year. I already think he's a better passer, and actually, yeah. I want him to pass less. <laughs> <laughs> right after what I saw in Florida. So, is that a one-off, or is that the Florida conditions? Because Dennis was asked that, and you know, there's some stuff you don't get definite stuff on. Dennis thought as much as it's not having fans and the shooting background. Uh, the lack of travel, and he made a big point. Like, anything we can do to minimize sure. travel is going to 
make the athletes. It's going to enable them to perform at a higher level. But that's regular season. Down. Yep. Yep. And the reality is, who cares? At this point, you know, just the legacy for Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz going forward is playoffs. We know they're a good regular season team. That's been established. What are they going to do in the playoffs? Right. So, yeah. So, you, you, you do have, obviously, some travel in the playoff, but it's equal travel. Mm-hmm. And so, for Mitchell, the James Harden comparison, the Damon Lillard comparison. Now, basically, any comparison to any great player is legit. And I, I think, to me, I think that that layoff and his desire to be a leader in the community, I think it all goes hand in hand. I said that early on, man, that if you are upset with Mitchell being vocal about all this stuff, I actually think it benefits the team because I think it's a responsibility that he's taking and the mindset, I said it before he even got out on the floor, just looking at him, literally just looking at him, seemed like a different man, which translates into a better player. You know, that, I, I, it's what? not like it goes 50-50 in hand, but I think there's some of it that leads to the other. And he wants to be, and he wants to be great. There's no doubt about it. Clearly, he wants as much pub that greatness can bring. And even if you don't necessarily want greatness for all the best reasons, who cares? <laughs> as long as you want it for reasons that are going to allow you to be great, that's all that matters. So Mitchell is coming into his own at a level beyond what we thought, and. He's going to have the ball. The ball needs to be in his hand, and then everybody else plays off of that. And Rudy will continue to get his playing off of Mitchell. Just go, If you see Mitchell, I'm sure everyone has a conscience to a degree, and you see Gobert, basically you had X number of complaints. And I think the complaints that Mitchell had were the ones that Dennis just said. Talking to the refs, giving advice, calling for the lob. Well, if you see somebody stop that and just go to work – and bust their butt, you're going to reward them. And it's going to matter that you take care of your guy. And I think we saw that in the postseason. I think in the Game 7 press conference, when uh, the Zoom thing at the end, when Donovan Mitchell actually spoke for quite a while, and he dropped the – he referenced in passing unsalvageable. What I took from that and just that flash – just just that the the tone he had when he said it and the look in his eye when he said it is like that's stupid it's an insult to me i i want to win and i know he makes it possible to win at a higher level so why would i be so petty as to make it unsalvageable doesn't mean it wasn't a problem but unsalvageable you know i know better than that and you should know that i know better than that and i thought you know and it's i know I, that you know that he knows <laughs> I don't have any one-on-one time with Donovan. I don't have any insight. I don't know this. I haven't been told this. That was just me watching his reaction in a moment like, oh, he's pissed because he thinks we think he's stupid. <laughs> you know? He's like, I know better than that. That was that was a dumb thing. To say. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did have somebody throw something out at us. You think that uh, Dennis is trying to – be positive about Rudy to increase his trade value. I can't discount that, but I just don't know that if you trade Gobert, you're going to get back something that's going to make your team better. If you can, then absolutely do it. 
but I don't know that you can. The odds are, like the odds are you can't be hard. Yeah. The history of the NBA says, uh, if you trade the best player, you lose the deal. It's, it's going to be really difficult. And also actions speak louder than words. And everybody saw the playoff series and everybody saw game seven. So I think that sets the value more than anything Dennis says, because the other 29 GMs all try to run the same games and are like, yeah, well, I'm going to discount whatever Dennis says. Watching game seven, how hard Rudy played, how he had an impact on the game in the fourth quarter, well, throughout the second half. You know, he's coming. He's not really in the flow of the offense the way you expect, setting screens. Uh, you know, at the top of the key or whatever. But, man, he went and got some offensive rebounds in traffic. And all rebounds are not created equal. There are times that teams are pulling back four or sometimes even five guys, and the guy who gets a rebound is just depends on which way the ball bounces. But this was kind of old school. Hey, there's four or five bodies in the paint, and they are banging into each other. And can you rebound outside your area? And can you fight through that contact to get to the ball? And you watch a game, and a guy misses a three, and it hits the floor, and it's just whoever's closest grabs it. This was a different deal. That was old school Rudy going and get it. And I guarantee that, I guarantee that impressed NBA scouts and NBA GMs. Wow, you're putting a guarantee on it. Guarantee. I mean, how can I argue that? All right, yeah. D- DJ and PK. Guarantee it. I mean, my own. When we come back, everything we've been talking about this show, yes, NBA. NFL kicking off tonight. Riley joining us to talk college football and down trees. Uh, We'll get to all of that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. For many of our listeners, the daily grind begins at 6 a.m. sharp. Wake up. But for some of our uh, slightly less ambitious listeners, this segment is for you. These are your 9 o'clock where the heck have you been slacker headlines. Wake up. With DJ and PK. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Every producer has their own music, PK. You can tell Jake's out sick today. <laughs> Lloyd, we never hear that. Everyone's got their own. Jake never plays that. Hey, these are uh, I, DJ and PK bed. I just got in a romantic mood. <laughs> <laughs> Time now to catch you up to speed on everything you missed over the course of this show. And it is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. All right, earlier today we were talking NBA playoffs, double overtime, a thriller. Norman Powell, 10 points in the second overtime 
and the Raptors beat the Celtics 125-122. Kyle Lowry had a big game. He had 33 points. The Raptors were down 2-0 and 3-2. They've come back to tie the series up twice. The defending champs will not go quietly. They may not go at all. Maybe they'll win game seven and knock the Celtics out. That would be huge to win four out of five and come back. At 2-0, it did not look good for Toronto, but here they are headed for a game seven. Yeah, that was an exciting game. A lot of twists and turns. Celtics not quite there. They're a good team. I love the addition of Kemba Walker. Uh, I think he's a money-type player, even though he hasn't been in many money-type situations in the NBA. I just remember him back in college when he had that great run with UConn. Uh, but it seems like you know, the Celtics, good team. But just, I can't really put them on the elite level yet. Maybe as Brown and Tatum get older, I can. To be on the elite level where you have a guy who no matter what is going on, you know he can take the game over and let the other nine guys know, I'm the best guy, it's not close, you can't do anything about it, and my team's winning this game. And we've seen LeBron do it, and we've seen Kawhi Leonard do it, but is there anybody else in the playoffs you have the same level of confidence in as those two guys? Right now, Jimmy Butler. Really? Jimmy in the Butler. East. Oh, that's what I was about to say. In the East, or you'll have that level of confidence in him in the NBA Finals if they get there. Let me get back to you on that. They've been great. They've I have. I. I it's were. growing. Jimmy Butler's growing on me big mm-hmm. time. I'm not sure about the team, but I'm picking Miami to go to the final. Whoever gets out of this other bracket, I am picking Miami to beat them. Miami's won eight out so, of nine in this postseason, and considering they were in the four or five series with Indiana, I would say that those are really the only two series that I've been surprised by how quick it's been over. You know, Locke was telling us before he went to the bubble, you know, there are a lot of question marks in NBA circles. I don't think it was just David's own opinion. I think, you know, he talks to enough people. But people are wondering, well, if you go to the bubble and you get down 2031, you just mail it in so you can get out of there. <laughs> you know, you're just like, yeah, we're not coming back. Never mind. Uh, that hasn't been the case. This is going to be our third game seven, right? Because the Rockets Thunder went game seven, Jazz Nuggets went seven, and now Toronto and Boston are going game seven. The five-game series we had uh, were both one versus eight, and so Milwaukee and Lakers went in five. There's nothing unusual about that. That's pretty normal. So I think really the Miami series are the only two outliers in this whole thing. Well, yeah, I can argue that uh, actually being in the bubble and being down 3-1 you don't have to worry about going to anybody's other floor where everyone's jacked right. and all that stuff. That's out the window. So it, now deficits are easier to come back from uh, because of the fact there's literally no home and away in that situation. So I'm looking for Miami to win it in the East, and then I am still picking uh, right now I would go Clippers one Lakers two Miami three in that order I think and, that's a pretty common thing it, I think you're dialed into right there yeah I, I would I would think most folks would oh maybe maybe no maybe the only difference would be maybe Lakers and Clippers but I identified the Clippers early on and so I'm gonna kind of have to die on the sword with or whatever that expression is fall on the sword with them because I picked them and they haven't lost so it makes no sense not to continue to pick them but I find it interesting in that you got all these stats and off the bounce and on the dribble blah 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 and yet the teams with the best players are advancing 
Yeah, well, if you look at them, so it's, it's so complicated, simple. but at the same time, it's so simple. So I think it's two things. One, I think if you look at those players, they have the best stats. You know, you can come up with whatever formula you want, and I'll bet your formula shows that LeBron is really good. <laughs> you know, don't overthink it. I think where you get into the off the bounce and all that is you're trying to minimize other guys' flaws. If player X, if you find out that he's a much better catch and shoot than he is off the dribble, then you know, you try to get him more shots, catch and shoot, and you're like, oh, he's really hot from three. Well, that's because not all threes are created equal, and he's got one skill set, and he doesn't have the other. And I think conversely, if you're looking at it from a defensive mindset, if you know, hey, this guy can shoot off the dribble, the three off the dribble, and this guy can't, you can defend guys differently. Uh, and I think what you're seeing with the Clippers is that in an age when it's all about offense, and certainly the Warriors – flip the league on its ear with their ability to shoot the three. And there's been, you know, copycat league and all that stuff. But the Clippers holding the Nuggets to 12 points in the first quarter and 85 in the game, that is really oppressive. And especially when you consider what a problem the Jazz had with the Clippers and the huge numbers that got put up in that series. Yeah, but, I mean, it becomes obvious there. You can shoot off the dribble, off the bounce, do whatever you want. But if I got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and a guy like Beverly, who's so tenacious, maybe a tad bit undersized, but tenacious, and I got Harrell in there, too, who is a a bull in the middle of there, and Zubac, the same type of deal. Well, of course. It's just it's not necessarily statistics-driven. It's talent-driven. Yes, because you get these guys where you try to ham and egg it. You can't get the best player, so you try to get some shooting here, get some defense here. And And I get that. And they've got two guys who – Paul George has had big games. He did not have a big game last night. Uh, offensively. No, he didn't need it. No, he didn't. Yeah, but I mean, look what they're doing defensively. We just, you can't just go with him <laughs> know, and look right? at his offense. No, defensively, they locked those guys up. Man, Jamal Murray, who the Jazz just could not stop, 6 of 15 shooting, and he gets 18 points. You know, they're not fouling him, sending him the line a lot. Uh, if he needs if he needs 15 shots to get his 18 points, you're you're in pretty good shape. The Jazz would have given anything, and I think that's why Dennis Lindsay is saying we need to go get a long yes, athletic defender because look what's happened to Jamal Murray now. You know Jamal Murray's not small, but he's also he's not the biggest guy either. I mean he's not running around out there at five eleven. He's a six four. But if you have a six eight guy and you put him on it, he'd be feeling that a little bit. Especially now, the where the where the league is gone. Guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have never been more valuable in this league to be able to do what they can do from the defensive aspect. And you look at it, and it's what makes those, those Bulls teams so good is you had, you had such length and athleticism with Pippen, Jordan, Harper. Yep. The, the later portion of it could do what, what, uh, what he needed to do. And obviously Rodman was in there too, and – yeah, I mean, they were, they were incredible that way. They could put a lineup on the floor where everybody was 6'6". Now, they had some guys who weren't 6'6", and obviously Steve Kerr would play minutes, and so they weren't always that. But they did have stretches where everybody was 6'6 or bigger. Daniel House Jr. facing uh, an NBA uh, probe here. Maybe he broke bubble protocol. Could face a 10-day quarantine period. Uh, there are reports out there they are looking into – whether he invited someone who was doing COVID testing into his room. So that could be – he missed game three for personal reasons. We didn't know what that was. And they have issues on the bench. They haven't had enough depth. So he's not, if he's not going, 
Jeff Green was the only guy who scored off the bench in game three. It's Lakers and Rockets game four tonight, 5 o'clock on TNT. Also a story out there that the Bucs might be looking to trade Eric Bledsoe and mix something. He's making uh, 50, He made $15.6 million this year. He's scheduled. He's got uh, $16.8 next year, and then it goes up to $18 million. So That just drives me nuts. <laughs> I know it does. That's why I just mentioned it. These average dudes making this kind of money. You know, the stars, fine. Give Mitchell. Mitchell's going to be making over $30 million at some point here in the next few years, whatever it might be. And so, all right, yeah, people. You don't begrudge Giannis his $25 million, but Bledsoe at 15 and a half. Yeah, I just I don't get it, man. He's just, he's just a guy. Well, they're going to try to move him, and we'll see if they can move him and what they get back as Milwaukee tries to shake it up a little bit. Uh, I was driving home from the RSL game last night, and I flipped on our station and a national show on, and they were talking about Giannis because, you know, he said he wasn't going to demand a trade. And they had an, it was clear they had an ex-NBA player on, and he was saying, and I came in in the middle of it, and I didn't know who it was, and he was saying, no way is he staying in Milwaukee. He's not staying in Milwaukee. Don't believe it. You're saying he's lying. If you want to call it a lie, fine, but he's not staying in Milwaukee. I don't care if he demands a trade tomorrow or not. He's not staying. They need to move him and get something for him. And then they reference him as you get deeper in the interview. And I thought, the voice is vaguely familiar. I should know who this player is. (laughs) I could give you 100 guesses, PK, and you would not get who they had on. (laughs) Active? No. Not an active player. Nope. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty wide open. Olden uh, Polonese. <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd just Officer lost Polonese. <laughs> Officer Polonese, yes. Former jazz man, briefly. They were really <laughs> happy when he opted out, opted out of the last year in his contract. That was a mistake. But they'll take Big it. OP. OP. <laughs> Got on the plane the first time he impersonated a cop. Got on a plane and John Starks was reading the paper and dropped the sheriff. <laughs> All right, other stuff we talked about today. We had on via Gregorian, sports columnist of the Kansas City Star, about seventeen thousand fans at Arrowhead for the NFL opener tonight, and we were discussing field or Chiefs. We agree, you got to take the field. The NFL is just too unpredictable. If you're going to break that rule, the Chiefs are the team to go with. They're really good, and it looks like it's all set up for them. You don't see another obvious team in the AFC that should push them. Maybe Baltimore, Houston, Pittsburgh could get it together if Roethlisberger's back and his arm's healthy. But there's no one obvious out there. I'm going Seattle, KC in the final. Put him in the Super Bowl now. It's not a bad pick. The NFC, there's a little more depth across the board. Saints. I would agree. Bucks, Packers, Cowboys. None of them outrageous. Oh, Niners. Niners. Even though they lost the Super Bowl, that's been a hiccup sometimes. Man, the the Rams came off their Super Bowl loss. That didn't go well. And there were health issues. There are always health issues. Raiders still haven't come off of their Super Bowl loss. <laughs> was that on the air? Oh, that was. Lloyd. You going to road trip, Lloyd, if they open up the games down there? Of course. We are the flagship of the Raiders. You get yourself some tickets. We are. Our station is. Lloyd was telling me in a break, we're going to have Raider games, but we probably won't have the primetime package we've had in the past. We'll have Raider games on Sundays. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Don't know where the primetime games will land or if there'll be some last-second negotiations. Can we, uh, can we get Gruden on once a week? Lloyd, make it happen. <laughs> I will effort that. You will not. <laughs> and if you do, you give him to Scotty and Angel. Or how about Musburger? No, I'm actually going to shoot for the for the second afternoon. You guys want Gruden? Absolutely. I just gave you Lincoln, but okay. We'll take Lincoln too. Oh, okay. And Musburger. Wait, wait. He Musburger gave us good. Lincoln. Did you? He gave us Lincoln. DJ. Yes. Who was the one who got us Lincoln? That wasn't the frame of reference, and you know it. <laughs> You got us Lincoln. You've seen him on TV. You've heard him in Phoenix. You met him at a Pac-12 media day, and you thought, this is the guy to come on about the Pac-12. But there's no Pac-12 to come on about. And he's phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, we That's really a great enjoy get. We really enjoy having him on. He's really good. That's a great get by he's, me. He's told us a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> I think the point was, nice. we're cleared to bring him on and talk NFL. We'd always spent the money to bring him on and meant. talk Pac-12. Well, there's going to be Pac-12. It's not like Pac-12 is dead forever. There'll be something at some point. November. There'll be in November. November, yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, at this point, I would be stunned if they're not playing in November. Stunned. A second outbreak won't won't, uh, sink the whole thing. The whole second wave we're supposed I'm, to have. I'm struggling reading PK on that. I, I feel like there's some sarcasm in there. No, I think he's serious. I think he no. really expects it. Serious? Okay. Well, okay. Can you manage the outbreak? Well, that's not. What, that's what the test does it means. happen? See, the thing can is, can you manage? I, I've told you all along. Lawyers are playing a huge role in this, and if you can test everybody before they walk in the building every day and on a game day, then if somebody does get it, you can say, "Well, they didn't get it here." Because nobody here had it. We tested everybody and nobody had it. They may have gotten it, and there may have been severe health consequences, but they didn't get it at the line of scrimmage. They didn't get it in the film room. They didn't get it at practice because we checked everybody the second they showed up and we had the results back in 15 minutes. We know they didn't get it here. I view this whole thing as a liability thing. So to the point, to your point, PK, that enables them to play, even if there's a second wave and the numbers are going up. The safest, you got to be somewhere, and the safest place to be is right here because we tested everybody and the people who are positive we sent away. Everybody here is good, so they can't give it to each other. That's the logic. Good. Yeah. All right. I like it. And before we go, we would be remiss in not acknowledging the death of Ronald Bell. We would be remiss because... Now you may say, who is Ronald Bell? Yes. I, I was waiting. I thought he you were going to answer that. Well, I was waiting for you. Okay. Uh, he is one of the founders of Cool and the Gang, and he passed. And Cool and the Gang, as you know, was formed in Jersey City. I did not know that. Celebrate good times. Come on! No, 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 no. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And that's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Let's go. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon.
Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I don't know whether BYU would have beat Utah or not. No one will ever know that. But all I know is that they're capable of playing extremely well. That's what we saw last night. A team that was darn near flawless. And if they can play like that every week, I think they would give every opponent, even their original schedule, a really good game. Absolutely, because uh, they're good up front on both sides of yeah. the ball. Can you imagine watching that offensive line that we saw play last night for BYU going up against an inexperienced yet, I'm sure, talented defensive line for Utah? It would have been a battle, oh, It would have been, been awesome. And that defensive yeah, line for I, BYU I, try to stop Utah's run? Yeah, it would have been great. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. As another show comes to an end, comes to an end, it's time to hear from you. Is this live right now? From your calls, tweets, and open mics, this is the best feedback of the day. This is why we lost the game. Presented by Strong Audi on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi, Audi Q5 SUV for only $359 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. NFL kicks off tonight. Are you watching or have the politics turned you off? 68% say I'm in. 32% say I'm out. 341 votes in. You can keep voting and we'll... Uh, We'll update you on that tomorrow. Jeff Hansen, flagship of the Raiders equals live PD radio. Are you programming the station for your personal benefit? Is that what Jeff is getting at? Oh, I would I never do Lloyd, that. Lloyd, Lloyd. It was a smart move. I think it's a smart move. Seems good to me. You ought to have football on in the afternoons. Why not? Bring it. The closest we got. Jeff says, how about I'm probably not watching tonight, but it has nothing to do with their political stance. Why would you assume politics would be the only reason people don't watch? That's a horrible take. To which Blaine tweets, are you not watching because you hate joy or because you love the sitcoms available on other networks on Thursday evening? Face it. The politics has been a popular take. A lot of people have said that. Pretend like people are uh, saying yeah, that. Yeah, I think now, that's an obvious thing. Whether they're following through or not, uh, you know, that's another debate. And I guess we'll see the ratings and everyone will be looking for that. <laughs> Utah Big Bus tailgate. Wait, the season starts tonight? Bleep! I got to fix my lineup. Yes, fantasy football fans, fix your lineup. It does start tonight. It does, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. These games count. I'm ready for it, man. Absolutely ready. Ready for Pac-12. I'm ready for whatever. Whatever they want to throw at us, ready. Well, it'll work for you tonight because there's only one NBA game, and it's a 5 o'clock on TNT, so it'll be over at 7.30, and the NFL game will be in the, early in the second quarter at that point. So 
Yeah, did you hear that the Lakers were complaining about all the 9 o'clock starts? Yeah, because the games are ending. They got to go for their post-game treatment. They got their adrenaline rush, and so guys are up till 2, 3, 5 in the morning. Yes, uh, Vogel was saying that uh, on a 9 o'clock game, which is what it is on East Coast, he's not getting to bed minimum till 3 and usually closer to 4. Thinking, that's just got to suck. <laughs> it does. But at the same time, I think people in Utah would tell him there's all these, you've had all these 730 playoff games for years, but in the mountain time zone, you get 830 playoff games all the time. So welcome to uh, first whoops, round and second round. Conference second finals round different. Yeah. Yeah. In the second round, you're the second game of a doubleheader. It's sometimes you get five and 730. Sometimes you do. But, but not every game because the weekends you can spread it out, whereas they've this is the first non-9 o'clock game they've had. That's right? what surprised me was that they didn't get, what, like, the Sunday afternoon one thirty on ABC. I was surprised the Lakers hadn't been in that time slot, and I'll take their word for it. Me I didn't too. Look it up. But I was surprised that they hadn't at least gotten, you know, one or two weekend games. And I, I did remember one weekend the Clippers were in there, and that may be because as the one seed, the Lakers are beating up on an eighth seed and nobody wants to watch that. It's not a marquee game. You're a marquee team, but that's not a marquee game. We'd rather watch, and I know the Clippers got a Sunday afternoon game because I remember watching it, and with Dallas, well, that's marquee, right? Two versus seven. Yeah, and that's Donson hit that three at the buzzer to win, yeah. wasn't that? that right, was and I think that, that was the game, yeah. yeah. All right, we're out of time. Hands to Scott here up next. Lloyd will be sticking around. Hopefully Jake will be healthy and back at it soon enough. Lloyd, long shift today, Lloyd. You're the man making it happen. DJ and PK, Hanson Scott here next. All right, show's over. I'm tired. Goodbye. Well, until we meet again. And be sure to join us at the same time tomorrow.